Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi everyone, I'm David Garrido. Welcome along to this La Liga Lowdown mini-pod with Reddit Takanov and broadcasts on Sirius XMFC 157 in North America. La Liga is over for another season. 38 games done and dusted. On the final match date, there were still matters to be settled in terms of European football and the third and final relegation place. We'll discuss both of those in depth whilst also getting the moments of the season from our whole squad. We start though with the race for fourth. Valencia were in possession. They headed to already safe Ravadolid who started the brighter as Tony Villa hit the post from the cute angle but then Valencia started to go into it they broke the deadlock on 36 minutes Rodrigo dispossessing Kiko Olivas who tried to play out from the back he found Santi Mina who nudged the ball to Carlos Soler and he fired home another Badolid error in the second half sealed the win for Los Che Ruben Alcaraz robbed by Dani Parejo who squared to Rodrigo who scored 2-0 too easy Paco Bolit is in Valencia for us hi there Paco so uh, just give us a sense of the reaction amongst the fans with Valencia finishing fourth how important is it from a sporting but also a financial point of view well, it's a huge outcome for this La Liga season after things got pretty hairy in the first half of the season. But you might remember that turning point against Huesca at home in December with that late Pizzini rocket. Since that point on, remember that Valencia have played almost two games per week and they still managed to succeed. So... Huge accomplishment, in my opinion, for the team, for Martellino, an enormous boost of income for next season, which may, by the way, allow the club to keep some key players this summer. And also, there's still the Copa del Rey final remaining next Saturday against Barca. So, overall, excellent weekend for Valencia. OK, but let's just play a little bit of devil's advocate here. We're both fans, but do you think Valencia deserve to be top four? I mean, they actually drew more games than they won over the 38 games. Yeah, David, but at the end of the day, it's the outcome after battling for 38 weeks, 114 points, and Valencia got 61. They managed to overtake teams such as Getafe with much more rest and less games, and overall, La Liga is a very fair competition with the effort that teams put into it, and... Yeah, I think that Valencia deserved that fourth place. They battled for it and they finally succeeded. Okay, uh, what about Carlos Soler? I mentioned he scored the first goal. He's actually scored in his last two games, but how would you assess his campaign as a whole? Well, Carlos Soler can indeed play much better because we've seen him do it so. And he actually knows that because he's a very smart kid. He's young, but has already plenty of experience in the last two and a half seasons. And actually, I think that issue could really be his stepping stone for next season. Trying to get inside the box much more throughout the games because he's an excellent finisher, as he has showed in the last two games. And he would obviously add 
quite a bit more than he has done this season to the team. Now, a man at the opposite end of his career for Ravadolid, Borja Fernandez, who hangs up his boots at 38 years of age. How much of a legend has he been for the club, especially while doing his bit to help them stay up? Well, he is an absolute legend, not only for the veteran gravitas he brought into the midfield at Valladolid, but also for his attitude and discipline outside the pitch and inside the locker room. He was one of the captains and key players who youngsters looked up to inside the locker room and I expect great things for him in the years to come after his football career is over as he's uh, expected and Valladolid have already announced it to remain as a member of the club staff. Uh, back to Valencia finally, and you mentioned it, that Copa del Rey final. Um, how will Valencia approach that game against Barcelona at the next Saturday night, Paco? No pressure at all. After this fourth place, Valencia's main goal this season has been achieved successfully. So the Copa del Rey final will be the ultimate challenge for a team who were knocked down three, four, five times this season and managed to get up six times. Their resiliency will put to the test by Leo Messi and his team but again, winning La Copa del Rey would be an extra treat for an already successful season. Well, Paco will be heading to the Copa Final for La Liga Lowdown. Watch out on our Twitter feed next weekend and we'll tell you all about it. Hedafe wanted at least to keep up their side of the bargain, but they could only draw 2-2 with Villarreal. They took the lead as Jorge Molina was played in down the right, pulled the ball back for Portillo. His first touch was heavy, his second was decisive, snapping it back past Andres Fernandez. Vicente Borra headed home with Dani Rabacona just before half-time for Villarreal's first equaliser. Hedafe were back in front on 76 minutes. Angel's cross to a totally unmarked Nemanja Maximovic, who headed into the top left corner to make it 2-1. But David Soria fumbled Gerard Moreno's shot over the line for 2-2 and that's how it finished. Well, let's speak to Ewan McTeer, who's our man in Madrid. Um, hi there, Ewan. So obviously a bit of a bittersweet day for Hedafe. What do you think is the overall feeling there? Is it disappointment of not making Champions League or elation of making Europa League? A bit of both, I think, and in that order. You could see there was like a sense of gloom around the stadium at full time, even in the final minutes as they knew Valencia would win and as they were drawn. But that quickly changed, I think, to become a mood of support and just appreciation for this team. There was the classic throne of the coach up in the air by the players and, you know, one of the most celebrated laps of honour in the club's history. So, I mean, this is only the third ever European season they're about to embark on. It's something to be proud of. However, they only picked up five points in the last five games. Where do you think they were exposed, Ewan? I'm not too sure if they were exposed. I'd put it more down to the quality of the opposition. They had to play Barcelona and Real Madrid and the resurgent Villarreal and Real Sofidad sides during this run. And there were a few free decisions as well. Had they gone their way, they might have picked up a point or two more. OK. Um, well, Jose Bordalas has at least guaranteed them Europa League football. Has he been one of the managers of the season for you? Definitely. There's a few candidates, as there always are. Ruby taking Espanyol to Europe or Mendili Bar securing yet another mid-table finish for Eibar. Even Gaisca Garitano coming in and turning Athletic season completely around. But Bordalas must be up there. I mean... If there's a manager of the past two and a half seasons award, don't think there is. Well, he would definitely win that. <laughs> OK, um, let's stick with managers. Uh, has Javi Calleja done enough at Mirral to keep his job second time around? I'm not sure if he has. I mean, it worked out well enough to keep him up, but that's surely got a lot more to do with the quality of this squad. 
Kayeka has used about five different tactical formations since returning and he just doesn't really seem to have a concrete plan. It's been one elastoplast after another and I think a change will be good for them. Okay, uh, right now one of the crucial matches on the final day was Sevilla at home to Athletic Club as it affected both the race for fourth and the race for seventh. Um, not a huge amount happened in the first half but just before the break Sevilla scored as Jesus Navas crossed the ball in. Athletic midfielder Dani Garcia flung himself at the ball and headed it at his own keeper Iago Errin and Wissam Benyeda tapped in the rebound. Athletic right at the very end then hit the bar in stoppage time through Inigo Martinez and as Sevilla cleared long in an attempt to keep the move going Iago Errin lost possession and Benyeda eventually assisted Munir for 2-0 remember had Athletic scored well they would have been in the Europa League uh, Ewan what about those final moments end to end I mean you barely get any more dramatic than that do you? Yeah that's about as dramatic as it gets a matter of millimetres denying Athletic and then that second Sevilla goal to really crush them you could see it in the players faces after that goal they just broke down some of them just lay on the pitch and it was a culmination of them not scoring and Sevilla just putting the final nail in the coffin you know sometimes those football gods can be quite cruel now there was one refereeing decision in particular Athletic should they have had a penalty for handball no I really don't think so Mercado's hands were in a, a natural position more or less they were by his side at least but again this is an example of the drama of that final day because in that same minute when they were looking at VAR and discussing that athletic potential penalty that's when Wule scored Espanyol second up in Barcelona so it was all going on at the same time and that minute didn't turn out for Athletic just as the final minute didn't A quick word on Wissam Benyeda 30 goal season in all competitions for him so 18 in La Liga at 10 in Europe and 2 in the Copa del Rey how desperately do Sevilla need to keep hold of him as they remodel their squad? I think he's important, but we also saw Andre Silva be quite effective up front earlier in the season before he just completely disappeared off the radar. I mean, this is a team that creates a lot of chances when you have someone like Pablo Sarabia and Quincy Promes and Franco Vasquez. So whoever plays up front will score a decent number of goals. Their priority has to be in defence and defensive midfield. They have about six centre-backs, but none of them seem to be 100% trusted. They need to work out who their starting centre-backs are and get another defensive midfielder to replace Benega when he's inevitably suspended. <laughs> uh, now, uh, overall, how do you think the Athletic fans will look at their campaign? Because it was a terrible start under Toto Berizzo. Superb recovery, but then ultimately they missed out on European football late on. Yeah, I think they'll view it a bit like Katafi. They'll be disappointed right now at missing out on the objective they've been fighting for at the end. But they'll be happy overall. I mean, had you offered them this finish when Gary Tano took over at the start of December... They'd have bitten your hand off for it, as the cliche goes. And uh, even though they're obviously restricted by their own uh, Basconi policy on who they can sign, what, what is the priority for Athletic in the transfer market? It has to be a striker. I mean, Aritz Adoris defied age for so long, but we have to remember he's not actually Benjamin Button. He showed his age this season with his fitness issues and even just his general form. And Inyaki Williams did really well up front, but I still think he's best in the flanks. So they need a centre forward. And like you say, it's tough because of uh, who they can sign or who they can't sign rather. But perhaps Fernando Llorente, with a Champions League medal wrapped around his neck, could make a return. That would tick a lot of boxes, I think. Well, this was our chosen game on Partidas Predictions, and it is, once again, Sai Paco Bolit, who gets all three points with a perfect prediction. Once again, no one else gets anything. Paco moves on to 33 points. Roman de Arquer stays on 18. Ewan on 17. Myself and Alex Johnson on 16 points. Uh, well, now to the other match in the battle for Europa League football, Espanyol versus Real Sociedad. Now, both sides knew, of course, that if Athletic Club lost, a win would take that team into seventh, and so it proved for Espanyol, who 
who won 2 0 at both goals in the second half. Roberto Rosales' shot from 25 yards out deflected off William Jose for their opener. And De Roulet then latched onto a ball over the top from substitute Victor Sanchez to tuck home their second. And at full time, with news of Athletic Club's defeat at the Sanchez Pizjuan confirmed, Espanol fans invaded the pitch at the Ercede Stadium. Um, let's speak to Roman Derker, who is in Catalonia for us. Hi there, Roman. So, uh, first of all, just explain to us what this means to Espanol fans because well, it's been a very long time since they were last in Europe. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if our listeners have seen the scenes at the stadium, but it was actually pretty amazing to watch. It's what we call in Spanish una olla presión, which is like a pressure cooker, because the fans were just cheering, chanting, jumping, dancing, you know, with the team all along. And right at the end, as you said, a massive pitch invasion where the fans came in. They took a Wule, Borja Iglesias, a few of the players on their shoulders, started celebrating with them because it's been 12 years since they last played a game in Europe. It was that final at Hamden Park against Sevilla, which they lost and the coach was Valverde. So just imagine how excited they are about this. Well, speaking of, of coaches, I mean, how much credit does Ruby deserve as a coach and the Espanol board for actually keeping faith with them? Because, of course, they lost those six league games in a row heading into Christmas. Well, I mean, it was actually even worse than that because there's been nine defeats in 10 games with just one win in between against Leganes in La Liga. But, I mean, Ruby was capable of reactivating them once again. The board knew that he was capable. He proved that the team could play really well the first part of the season. They were really high up in the standings. And I guess it was just a matter of time before a reaction came. Now, you mentioned Wule being mobbed by the fans um, after the final whistle. Now, we could have been a bit cynical about his signing um, because of, you know, Espanol wanting more reach and more audience in China. But tell us about the impact that he has made this season, Roman. Well, as a matter of fact, those are nine defeats in 10 games I just mentioned before. Wule played right after that. And from there on, there was an immediate reaction. So, I mean, his adaptation has been just so quick, so unexpected. He gave fresh legs to the team and he was a great compliment to Borja Iglesias. He felt a bit alone up there as a striker because he likes to bring the ball down, hold it. Whereas Wule is more of a mobile player who likes to move around and find those spaces. So they were just a fantastic complementing strikers. And Borja Iglesias, well, he finishes the season with 17 league goals. But reportedly, half of the Premier League is interested in paying his 28 million euro release clause. Do you expect him to be at Espanyol next season? I mean, I really hope so, because he's been so crucial in this European achievement. And I'm sure he wants to be part of this journey in Europe next season. If it depends on Borja Iglesias, I think he would stay. But of course, it's hard for a team like Espanyol to reject so much money. They, they need this money. So it's going to really depend on the board, because I think Borja would stay. And uh, what about Real Sociedad Roman? They finished ninth. I mean, what would they have learned from this? campaign? Well, they have a lot of talent, you know, players like Barenchea, Ayn Munoz, Sangali, these guys can be the future of the club. And also Alguacil, he's such a trustworthy manager who really knows the club well, so they have to build on this towards next season. Well, that's it for part one of this podcast. Plenty more to come in part two as we talk relegation and the moments of the season. We're back in a couple of ticks. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com achieve today.
Welcome back to this La Liga Lowdown mini pod with Redis Tukhanov, broadcast on Sirius XMFC 157 in North America. So we've discussed the European picture, now it's time to talk relegation. And it was between Celta Vigo and, more likely, Girona to return to Segunda División with Huesca and Rayo Vallecano. Well, Celta were the team in control. They needed just a point to seal their survival. Uh, they got it in typical Celta style with Iago Aspas inspiring them to come back and draw 2-2 with Rayo Vallecano. The opener at Balaidos came for the penalty spot after Luis Advincula burst into the Celta box. Riyad Budabouj was penalised for a high boot. Adrian Barba with the well-placed spot kick. Uh, Rayo scored their second on 72 minutes. Alvaro Medran sneaking a shot inside Ruben Blanco's near post. But Iago Aspas then netted on 82 and 92 minutes. The first a penalty after a bit of a debatable handball and then a wonderfully deft touch to finish from a Lucas Olasa cross for the equaliser. Uh, Alex Johnson is our lady in the north of Spain, so let's chat to her now. Um, hi there, Alex. So it is Iago Aspas to the rescue once again for Celta. How often have we said that this season? Uh, but just go through some of his outstanding numbers for us. Yeah, so well, this season he actually had the longest injury of his entire career, being out for three months, which meant he only played 27 matches. In those matches, though, he scored 20 goals, made six assists, with 10 of those goals coming in the last two months since his return, and with Celta needing it more than ever. So if we look at the points that Celta took this season, they took 41 points in total, 37 of them with Iago Aspas, and only four points during the three months that he was out injured. That is bonkers, isn't it? Uh, I mean, he's really carried this team on his back for most of the season. Is there any chance that he might not fancy that challenge next season? I mean, surely there would be interest in him. I wouldn't see him leave, to be honest. He just signed a new contract and he did that without even knowing if Celta would stay up or not. He wouldn't have done that if he was thinking about leaving at all, because even if they would have gone down, there would have been lots of interest for him. And when I spoke to him the other week, he, he said that everything is possible in football, but there is no thoughts for him of leaving Celta. He just loves being home and I'd be super surprised if he actually went and left. What about Franny Scriva? I mean, he's actually sent to the stands in this game, but he too has had an impact in trying to keep Celta up. So does he stay at the club? Uh, I think he will. Keeping Scriba is, at this point, the safe option for Celta. They had two experiments this season that went completely wrong with Mohamed and Cardoso. So I think they would like to go with a safe card this time. Uh, and what is the, the biggest learning that Celta Vigo can take from this campaign, Alex? Well, definitely planning. I think the biggest flaw this entire season was the lack of experience on the pitch, but also on the bench. They lost key players in the summer and they did replace them with talented players, but they didn't replace them with what they lost with those players, which was experience and the importance of having someone who can lead a team, have that character and, and guide the younger generations. I think that is what they need to find this summer. Uh, let's just quickly mention Rayo. Uh, what positive signs have you seen, if any, uh, to suggest that they could bounce straight back up from Segunda? Well, it's really difficult to say because when a team goes down, a lot of the players will disappear. So it will likely be a very, very different team next season. But to be honest, I feel it will be very difficult for them to bounce straight back. They really need to do smart signings as the economic situation at that club isn't at the best at the moment. No, that's right. Uh, now, in the other game in the relegation battle, Girona needed a win just to stand a chance of staying up and a big one, but, well, they got nowhere near. They lost 2-1 at Alaves uh, late in the first half. Murak Wakaso smashed the half volley, which Gorka Iraizos was unable to keep out. And then the last 10 minutes, Jonathan Gayeri blasted the ball home for 2-0 after Mark Muniesa was out-muscled by sub Patrick Tumasi uh, before Porto scored a consolation for Girona. So they finished the season with yet another defeat. It is 9-10 since the international break. I mean, Alex, this is a 
seismic slump, especially as Girona were nine points clear of relegation at one stage. What's been the biggest factor in their demise? Who's ultimately to blame? It might sound a bit harsh, but I say Subio. He had a really difficult job coming in replacing Pablo Machin, but he clearly wasn't right man for the job. Not only does he have a very different playing style, but he seemed to never really get a hold of how he wanted his team to play. There was no regularity coming into the season. They were changing lineups and, and everything throughout the season. And I think Stoani being amazing was probably the only thing that kept them safe for as long as it did. Uh, you mentioned Christian Stoani. Uh, let's talk about some of the players. Which ones won't be at Montevideo next season? And, and also, how do you rate their chances of coming back up? Well, I'd be very surprised to see a player like Stoani or Porto, Pedro Porro, to just name a few to be there next season. But I think there's going to be a lot of players leaving. And just as I said about Rio before, it's going to be a very big change in terms of squad, as it always is when the team goes down. But I do see Girona have a bigger chance than Rio do because there is just a different type of stability in the club. And it feels like they are in a better place and better harmony as a club. And that could help them getting back up. What about Alaves, uh, 11th place? It's, it's an OK final placing in the league table. What do you make of their season overall, Alex? Well, I think it's been a great season. The start was incredible and I think it took longer than expected for them to start dropping points. So I think no one at Alaves can really be disappointed with the season that they've had, even though it felt for a while that it would end even greater than it did. And Abelardo uh, was seen crying at the end of this game. Can you see him swapping Victoria for maybe a team in Seville, perhaps? Well, he's done all he can do in Alaves, so I understand that he's looking for a new challenge. Uh, and there's been the talks about Betis that I've heard, but for me, that is not really the best fit because his football is so different from the type of football that we've seen Real Betis playing. And I think it would be going in the wrong directions, both for the club and for him, for him to go there. So I think there's probably better options for him. So to the four other games on match day 38 in La Liga. West get into their season with a 2-1 win at home to Leganes. Defender Martin Mantovani scored the opener, equaliser and winner against his former club. First an own goal and then two headers at the right end from a Juan Pianor free kick and then from a Moy Gomez corner. Atletico Madrid said farewell to Diego Godin, Juan Fran and Antoine Griezmann by drawing 2-2 at Levante with 10 men. Eric Cabaco backheeled in from close range for the host. Then a Thomas Partey mistake allowed Roger Martí to put Levante 2 up. In the second half, Angel Correa was sent off a fouling Chema but after that Rodri's pile driver halved the deficit and then 18-year-old Sergio Camello netted Atleti's equaliser on his debut Kike Setien's departure as Real Betis head coach was confirmed on Sunday afternoon after they beat Real Madrid 2-0 away Giovanni Dos Celso involved in both goals first assisting Andres Guardado and then slipping in Junior Firpo to set up Jesse against his former club a season to forget then for Madrid plenty of work for Zinedine Zidane expect a busy summer for Betis Setien departs after making the Europa League last 32 and Copa del Rey semis and winning at both Real Madrid and Barcelona in La Liga in the same season. Harsh? Make your own mind up. Barcelona, meanwhile, were held to a 2 all draw at Eibar. Marc Cucurella scoring against his parent club before Lionel Messi replied with two goals in two minutes thanks to brilliant through balls from first Arturo Vidal, then Ivan Rakitic. But goal of the match came on half-time as Pablo de Blasis lobbed Jasper Sillison from almost 40 yards out. Next up, time for the moments of the season from all of the La Liga lowdown squad. Here we go. 
Hi guys, it's Roman de Arquer, and my moment of the season has definitely been the Clásicos between Barca and Madrid. There's been three wins and just one draw against Madrid, with a 5-0 defeat, which was fantastic, and also two wins in a row at the Bernabeu, which meant that it took Barca to the Copa final, and it was a big step towards winning La Liga. And it's also, of course, dominating your eternal rival. So definitely, despite the tragedy in Liverpool, it has to be said it's been a very good season for Barcelona. Hi, I'm Ewan, and my moment of the season has to be when Diego Costa said he was going to do something unspeakable in the mouth of Jesus Hill's mother. That was the moment. It dominated headlines for, well, several weeks. We're still talking about it. And it was so crucial. It happened in Barcelona versus Atletico Madrid at the Camp Nou. The game Atletico had to win to keep the league alive and Costa got sent off and got an eight-match ban. That was my moment of the season. Hi, guys. Paco here again. My moment of the season... One related to sport and another more sentimental one. Valencia turning around that epic game against Getafe in Copa del Rey quarterfinals in January. Unexpected, thrilling, pure ecstasy inside Mestalla with Rodrigo Moreno's hat-trick. And the Partido de las Leyendas, the Legends-friendly game icons such as Mario Alberto Kempes, Piojo Lope, David Albelda and many more once again playing at the stadium and the fans getting super choked up in the centenary's biggest celebration. Hi guys, it's Alex here again. My moment of the season from Northern Spain has to be Iaguas Basteres against Villarreal. Coming back from the longest injury of his career, Celta looking hopeless and he again, as he's done so many times before, changing the entire outcome of the game and likely the entire season. By collapsing into those tears, it showed the rest of the players what it really means for Aspas, for Celta de Vigo and that kind of changed the entire season, I would say, for Celta de Vigo because it was a completely different team from that point. Iago has showed what this really, really means. Here's the final table then. Barcelona top on 87 points. Atletico second on 76. Real Madrid third on 68. Then Valencia fourth on 61 points. Getafe fifth and Sevilla sixth, both on 59. Espanyol seventh on 53 points, beating Athletic in eighth on head-to-head. Real finished bottom on 32. Then Huesca second bottom on 33. While Girona also go back down to segunda, third bottom on 37 points. Celta escaped the drop on 41 points. Don't forget, it's the Copa del Rey final on Saturday. We'll build up to that on our Twitter feed, at La Liga Lowdown. Thank you for your lovely comments and five-star reviews. That's your La Liga Lowdown. See you next time. This was a Radio Staccato production. This is the story of The One. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working... The HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.